So the questions are these. How can we really activate the best of the private sector to meet the challenges of the real world? Is there a way to accelerate my career that doesn't involve boring online or classroom courses? And can I really impact people in the developing world with the skills that I have? Can I finally feel proud of what I know? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Philippa White, and this is Ty Unearthed. Keep listening, and you can follow us on our journey as we show you how we're connecting the private sector with the social sector to make change. Hello, everyone. Philippa White here, and welcome to episode 26 of Ty Unearthed. I am so looking forward to speaking with Carly Avener today, Managing Director of Leo Burnett London. Hi, Carly. Hi, Philippa. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, I was honoured to be invited to the Leo Burnett London virtual agency meeting. Um, there we heard Charlie Rudd, who's the CEO, talk about what a post-COVID future looks like. And he talked about how it will reward clarity, but punish certainty. And that it's important to have direction and vision, but that you must remain flexible and open to change. Why? Because we're living in a VUCA world. So what's that, you ask? It's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So... It then felt quite fitting to then be invited to present Ty to the agency and call for participants to get involved in the virtual Team Ty program. So it's super exciting because we now have selected six professionals at the agency to take part and we kick everything off on Monday. It's very exciting. So today, Carly and I will be talking about leadership, about purpose, their involvement with Ty and adapting to a VUCA world. So I think before we get into all of that, Carly, it would just be really lovely if you could just bring to life your background, where you've worked, what gets you excited about what you do. Sure. Yeah, no problem. So I started my career back in 2003, uh, many moons ago, on the grad scheme at McCann Erickson in London. I was working on American Airlines, uh, Microsoft, and getting some brilliant training in the process. And I was actually so grateful um, to, to get that job. I, ha I applied for hundreds of jobs, <laughs> hundreds of graduate jobs, and I got rejection after rejection. I got rejected by every single one. And McCann Erickson was the one place um, that I actually even got an interview. Um, so I had a good conversion rate from, from interview to final job. <laughs> um, not so good conversion rate from application. But anyway, um, so I was at McCann Erickson for a couple of years. Um, I then left um, and joined BBH, where I spent 13 years. Um, wow. And I started my career in account management. And then after a while, I sort of got... I think I got a bit burnt out in account management, really. Um, just sort of lots of conflict with clients, which was beginning to wear me down. And I had an opportunity to move into the new business department, which I loved, actually. Um, I found it really um, interesting and exciting, dynamic part of the agency. Um, and also it was a chance to kind of almost 
act out the job that a lot of my clients have been doing. You know, we were the sort of sales and marketing department for the agency. So thinking about the BBH brands as well as our clients' brands. So I was in the business at BBH um, for a while. And then my last role there was helping them to set up um, and, and launch their social media division. So as at a time when social media was becoming more and more important to clients and their businesses, we set up a sort of specialist division um, to create work for social platforms. Wow. So that was my time at BBH. In that time, I had a baby, went off on maternity leave. Um, and then I joined Leo Burnett about 18 months ago. Um, so as managing director. Yeah, amazing. I mean, just I worked at BBH as well, and I worked yeah. at Leo Burnett, so I <laughs> I feel a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of connection to your your story. And actually, I remember mm. I also um, God when it was back in the day when it was sort of applying for various different jobs, and I I also tried to get into the grad scheme, didn't manage it. I did get an interview with TBWA. I think it was one of the old, only ones, and I made it sort of to the to the final rounds where they sort of take you off into breakout rooms. And anyway, I didn't get that one, but I did end up getting a, um, I ended up replacing a grad at Darcy, which ended mm. up getting my foothold into Darcy, which then turned into Leo Burnett, which then yes. I afterwards worked at um, at BBH. So yes, I relate to that that moment for sure. Tell me, what uh, what gets you excited about what you do? Um, what The thing that I love, which I've always loved about what I do and which is why I wanted to get into the industry in the first place is advertising and marketing is for me where sort of creativity and commerce kind of come together. Um, and that's what I, I think that's quite a unique thing. And that, and that's what I really love about what we do is using creativity to fuel growth for our clients, for their businesses, for their people. Um, but doing that in a really exciting, creative, unexpected way. Um, that's what I love. And, and that's what I've always loved. Um, and a big part of that is working with creative people. I find them just, fascinating and brilliant and yeah. inspiring and you know that fuels my creativity as well so and, and that I think is something really special that this industry has that we need to really protect and nurture as much as we can yeah I couldn't agree more couldn't agree more that's exactly the reason why I absolutely adore yeah. working in in advertising now I recently read an interview with you um, where you talk about human brands and how brands are dialing up their role in society. Um, and, you know, as we know, post-COVID, during COVID, even pre-COVID, you know, the, this is definitely, a, you know, a, a movement, I guess, that isn't going away. Um, perhaps things have even changed post-COVID. But I'm just super keen to know from you who's been working in the industry for so long. What? Yeah. Can you bring this to life for us? With Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think... Brands have such an important role in society, um, especially in this kind of uncertain, volatile world that we're living in, where, frankly, you know, lots of our governments don't always provide that that leadership and that direction um, and make the decisions that, that people want them to make. And I think, therefore, people look to for, to other places for for that leadership and that direction and I think brands have the scale um, to do that and they have the platform to do that and I think people do look to them to 
to lead the way when it comes to um, doing the right thing for the planet or for equality and diversity to fight racism. I think that people do look to, look to those places um, for that. And I think that's increased a lot recently. And it's not enough to just sell products. Brands have to understand the power that they have in society and use that power for good. Um, and I think that's what being a human brand is all about. I couldn't agree more about the power of the private sector for sure. Mm. I mean, obviously, Leah Burnett works with so many different brands. I just mm. wonder, can you bring this to life in just to provide the listeners with a bit of an example from your experience, just what this looks like? Yeah, so I think, you know, a good example is um, as we lived through the pandemic last year, um, obviously, there was lots of uncertainty, lots of mixed messages and confusion coming out, especially from the government. And, you know, we found that for some of our clients, their behaviour and their action was more significant for people than what was coming out from, from the government. So, for example, McDonald's is, is one of our big clients and um, people were looking to them to, to, to know what was going on. So, you know, when McDonald's closed, um, it was seen as um, a symbol of, you know, how, how serious the situation was that even McDonald's had closed. Equally, when they opened, um, it, everyone felt like, well, things must be OK now because McDonald's have opened and, and we trust McDonald's. And I think trust plays a big part in all of this. Um, consumers do put a lot of trust in brands. And I think the most successful brands are the brands that really build trust with their audience and with their customer because they behave in the right way. Uh, they take their customers seriously. They understand the lives of their customers um, and they behave in really responsible ways. And we certainly saw, saw that through the pandemic with some of our, you know, clients like McDonald's and, and Kellogg's and Premier Inn, uh, where people really sort of took their actions and their behavior as a, as a signal of, of what was going on in, in the wider society. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because um, when I'm talking about Thai and sort of presentations or if I'm asked to speak or, you know, on uh, info sessions when I'm talking to people about it. But one big part of Thai is anyone who's listening, who's sort of following our journey. I mean, I really couldn't stress enough the power of the private sector. And actually, it is up to the private sector, I think, to be a big driver in making the world a better place because we have mm. the reach and we have the money and the financial, you know, the financial resources and the human resources. And unfortunately, the government just can't do that. We, we don't trust yeah. it. it. It's all over the place. The decisions are all over the place. Um, unfortunately, NGOs don't have the financial resources and the human resources to have the scale of impact. But these brands, they just the key, really, and I couldn't agree more. They just they just need to understand, one, that power two, being responsible and then helping to direct society in the right direction. And the, yeah. the, the opportunity is huge. So, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing that, you know, when we when we look at diversity, which is a, you know, a big, um, you know, topic within marketing at the moment. And, you know, brands do need to represent everyone in society. And we've seen with our own clients that when they do that and when they do that in a sort of respectful and sensitive way, and um, people trust the brand more because they're seeing their real world reflected back at them. Yeah. And also not even just their real world, but actually 
brands can push on those um not those stereotypes but they can undo those stereotypes and they can present a much more progressive view of of society the society that we're all striving for so I think they have a really um they have a really important part to play in all of that yeah now stating the obvious (laughs) COVID has certainly (laughs) shaken things up in uh, in a few ways (laughs) um do you think COVID has changed organizational culture and if it has, you know, how is it changing from your point of view? Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, one of the things that we were really worried about was, um, you know, during the pandemic, oh no, how are we going to retain our culture because we're not together and we're not seeing each other. But I think what we learned quite quickly is you don't need a building and you don't need to be together physically to, to sort of protect and, and nurture and grow your culture because your culture really for me is about how you do things and how you treat each other and how you treat people and how you look after each other so in a way you know just having that laser focus on how do we treat each other and how do we look after each other um was the only thing that changed because our culture still existed um we still did things a certain way um, and we really just took that extra time and care to make sure that people were feeling that without necessarily being able to see us so lots of communication way more communication than we'd ever had uh, with each other before Um, lots more I guess visible expressions of our culture so just really taking the time to signify um, things that were important to us um, and things that were an expression of how we wanted to behave. So, for example, um, making sure that we were really looking after each other's mental health. I think we've just kind of taken that for granted before because a lot of that can happen just by being around each other physically in the agency. But when you can't be together physically, you have to sort of make that extra effort to to reach out to people. So we set up um, a well-being buddy system so oh, we made nice. sure yeah we made sure that everyone in the agency had a well-being buddy oh wow um, I love yeah, that idea which was brilliant actually because it it forced people to talk to each other not 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 in a sort of aggressively forceful way but it gave people a reason to talk to each other about something that wasn't work um actually people that may not have been have spoken to each other for ages because they don't necessarily work in the same team and it gave people permission to ask are you okay like are you really okay and if not is there anything I can do to help or do you want to bounce some stuff off me um and you know I'm really proud that we put that together because I think people really needed it and wanted it and really appreciated it and for me that is um, you know, a real expression of the Leo Burnett culture. That's just one example. Yeah, beautiful. Really like that. That's great. Mm. Um, I'm interested to know uh, if what you were looking for in leaders before COVID, if that's still what you're looking for now. Um, you know, has anything changed from that point of view? And if so, yeah, you know, what characteristics are you looking for? And I guess this question just came about 
because um, obviously I sat in on the agency meeting and actually just as a really quick one based on the last um, comment that you just made about the agency culture, I have to say sitting in on that virtual agency meeting, I had that feeling of real warmth. There was a really amazing energy. Um, there was jokes, people making fun of each other. Ah, you're sitting there. You know, it just felt mm-hmm. um, as if actually you were sitting in the agency, which is really nice. It was really mm-hmm. Charlie making jokes and um, yeah, Josh just being, it was just, it was really nice. So actually that, that I did feel that. I definitely felt that. But Oh, that's great. That's really yeah. great to hear. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, as leaders of the business, um, we all share the same values um, and I think authenticity being one of them, you know, we all turn up to work truly as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm any different at home than I am at work. And I don't think any of any of the rest of us are either. So authenticity is definitely a hallmark of Leo Burnett people and leaders mm-hmm. and Leo Burnett culture. And that's definitely something that I look for. Um And I think in terms of other characteristics, I think the leaders that have risen to the top are the ones who are flexible and agile and adaptable and entrepreneurial. And those are definitely things I've always looked for. But I think I've really understood the importance of those things in in the world that we've lived in. You know, the people that have successfully led our clients through COVID are the ones that have been able to think out the box and have understood that the way you've always done things pre-COVID cannot be the same as the way you do things now post-COVID because different behaviours need to change in order to get to the same outcome. And I think there are lots of people that have grown and developed their careers in big agencies and sometimes with big agencies comes a lot of process that you can hide behind and that can stifle creativity big budgets as well that can um, totally god yeah yes you know this Philip more than anyone (laughs) um you know that just don't demand that people think differently and I've always looked for people that enjoy working around those constraints in a Mm -hmm. way rather than relying on them to just get them through from one project to another so um so yeah I guess I the things that I look for haven't changed but I think I've really understood the critical importance of those characteristics of flexibility agility entrepreneurialism that kind of thing yeah yeah Mm, and I think the other thing is about leaders who can create followership because you're not really a leader if no one's following you. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking after your people is kind of the only thing, really, when it boils down to is looking after your people. Um, And again, that's just been brought to the fore through COVID where people have had to deal with so much at the same time as trying to work. That I think if you can look after them and keep them happy and motivated and and sane, um, then then you'll get much better outcomes. Yeah, it's so great to listen. It's funny. Um, I don't know if you know. I think you, yeah, you do know this because with the Thai program, which we'll talk about in a sec, but we have um, it, it, a lot of it's housed on a portal, 
And each week, uh, individuals will get a video from me just to kind of welcome them to that week and key things to think about that week. And their resources are on the portal. And then, and then of course, there's the live stuff as well. But it, it, that's just a nice kind of welcome to that week. And so I, uh, I've actually been re-recording all of the videos just because we've had so many projects since when I first set this up. And there's a lot of mm. learnings. And and I just I finished recording the last one yesterday. And uh, and it's funny just listening to you talk because I, I I was sort of wrapping up everything. And I won't give too much away for people to listen yeah. to who own it. But but I do I I do talk about you know how necessity is the mother of invention. Um, mm. also how it's funny because you work with such tight resources on Thai. So human resources, mm. human, uh, uh, financial resources, time resources, you know, there's a mm. timeline. And I think in our, in the, I keep saying our, I haven't worked in advertising in a while, but anyway, I still, I still consider myself an Atlant person. Mm-hmm. So in our industry, <laughs> we, um, you know, we are used to, uh, big budgets, um, certain processes, uh, certain ways of doing things. But what I have found is through going this through the Thai process and really actually being forced to work with very little, people realize just what is possible with a whole yeah. lot less. And it's amazing how much I have heard on the back end, how many people have said, you know, I, I remember actually there was somebody from Wyden and Kennedy and she's a designer and she was responsible for a, it was a photo shoot for a makeup brand and she said, I showed up and um, one person was sick. They, they didn't manage to make it for this, building the set. And also the money suddenly got slashed and everyone was on this set and had arrived. And the first you know, response everyone had was, this is impossible. Sorry, this is impossible. And she said, well, it, has, it can't be impossible because we're here, we're paying for this space and we need to make it work. And she said, it's so funny because, because I had just been through the Thai program, I looked at this and I was like, it's so funny. I think before I might have joined that bandwagon and said, mm. that's not possible. But she said, I ha- you, have, you guys have literally no idea what we managed to pull off with like a yeah. fraction of this amount of money. We will make this happen. She said, we did. And it was amazing. And she said, it's so funny because I see the world differently just because of what I saw was possible. And anyway, so it's just really nice to listen to that because it'll be interesting to hear what your, yeah, what the participants who are involved yeah. Um, with Leo Burnett say at the end of this, because this is a big part of what we try and drive. Yeah, I really consider. hope that they take something from that into their, you know, day jobs. Um, you know, I um, probably should have mentioned this up front, but I um, I had a startup about 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now. It was a, a failed startup. It never fully got off the ground. Um, but that was completely bootstrapped. So every penny mm-hmm. that we spent on the business, um, you know, was coming out of our pockets. And it was a it was a dress rental website. And there's loads of them now. They're all doing really well. But this was probably a little bit ahead of its time. And we, you know, we found a photographer who was like a junior at, at ASOS I think so he wasn't oh, even wow. a proper photographer but he'd like you know he, he he knew exactly what he was doing I asked um I was at BBH at the time and I asked him if I could use the office at the weekend as our studio mm-hmm. which obviously didn't cost us anything and you know we were just really um savvy I guess and and really just had to think outside the box about how we could 
create this brand and get this this website up and running for very little money and that for me was a real lesson in entrepreneurialism and although it didn't work I learned so much that I've now taken into obviously my day job and I think clients really appreciate it when you can think more creatively about their challenges and whether it's financial or or any you know anything else you know how how can they deliver this idea with the resources they've got um that kind of thing and I also think what again with the ad client relationship it's you know it tends to be you know here's our brief this is what we want and then you know people go off and do it and I another thing that we talk a lot about at Thai is it needs to be a conversation. You need, you mm. can be part of that conversation. You know, y- mm. your client will adore you if you can also come up with other ideas, other solutions. Yeah. What are what are some other ways of doing it? Oh, have you thought about this? Oh, I'm aware of these, you know, what's going on and how about thinking this way? And I think again, I agree it's that entrepreneurialism is it, you know, it it's it's so important to kind of be a partner in in the process, yes. right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, just, you might have covered this off, but I'm just keen to know if there's anything over and above what you've said. But, you know, are there any opportunities that COVID for you has unearthed Mm. in your world? I mean, do you see, obviously, there's a lot of dire, horrible stuff from COVID. Mm. I get that. But at the same Mm. time, I personally, I I think a lot of what has happened um, for where even my business has got to as Mm. a result. And I think there's always a silver lining. I'm, I'm a... I'm, I am an optimist. I'm definitely more an optimist than a pessimist. So yeah. I definitely tend to see the silver lining. But I imagine a lot of businesses feel the same way as well. You know, what opportunities have unearthed for you guys? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely been some good stuff to take out of this. I mean, I think the obvious thing is how we work and where we work. So that flexibility that um, people were always looking for and talking about um, has happened you know, we now work in a really flexible way. Um, there is no question in anyone's mind about whether or not people can work effectively from home. And I think that will disproportionately benefit women, which is a really positive thing. Women who were previously, you know, having to leave the office at two o'clock to do the school run, that kind of thing. I think the ability to just be at home and be closer to the family um will make a massive difference and will hopefully, you know, keep really talented women in this industry for longer. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been a really positive thing. And I think connected to that, being able to work with people outside of London and talent from outside of London, which has been a real challenge for the industry in the past. We now know that, yeah. you know, we can, we could hire people who are based outside of London who don't necessarily want to or or can for whatever reason live in London and I think there's so much talent that's been untapped up until now that's fascinating huge huge opportunity yeah so I think from a definitely from a sort of ways of working and talent perspective there's 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 lots there and then I think looking at more broadly at clients I just think the acceleration of digital products and services is transforming lots of their businesses and and as partners that will bring new creative and commercial opportunities into our business so you know McDonald's um, has weathered the 
the COVID storm quite well because of delivery, um, you know, and being able to keep the restaurants open even when they're um, people couldn't dine in, but they could still they could still serve their customers. So I think all of these trends that are accelerating will will just be really exciting for for businesses and brands moving forwards. Do you have a lesson that you've learned while navigating the COVID crisis? Um, don't book a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So we're just in the UK at the moment. There's all these traffic light systems of what country you can and can't travel to. And it's just chaos. So, um, but no, but it, it, I joke. But it, the truth is, you know, that point that we made earlier about certainty, there is just no such thing. And even if I think back to this time last year, we thought we'd all be back in the office by last September and everyone was planning, frantically planning return to office. And and here we still are nearly a year later um, with none of that in sight. So yeah, I think being agile and being open-minded to different potential, different outcomes um, is, 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 has really landed with me because we've never had this much volatility before. Um, and that's, that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah, for sure. Now, Carly, I am so grateful and excited that Leo Burnett is trusting Ty again to develop their leaders and embed more purpose at the agency. Um, for our listeners, I don't know if you will know this, but our first ever Ty project was with Leo Burnett in 2007. So a bit of a shout out to Chris Jackson, Helen Dougherty, Bruce Haynes. I mean, they were the ones back in the day that, um, you know, made that happen. And it was, a, you know, of course, then it was physically sending people to another part of the world. I, Chris went to Brazil. Um, it was a big, I mean, it was a huge trust in me, which mm-hmm. I'm still so grateful and since then, uh, we've sent numerous leaders on the Thai program. And I just, it means the world to me uh, that we're continuing this partnership. So, I mean, this just, thank you um, from the bottom of my heart. But I'm, you know, I'm also just really excited because it is such a great fit with Leo Burnett. Everything that you stand for, everything you've talked about today, it just couldn't be more fitting. Um, you know, and we're all about turning gifted professionals into game changers and helping to create better companies, better brands, um, with better people and to create a better world. Um, For our listeners who maybe aren't really sure how this is working, I mean, obviously, they've probably heard me talking about Thai Accelerator. This is is very similar, but it's for um, corporate. So, I mean, it's six leaders coming together um, from around the business, so around uh, Leo Burnett London, They will work together to crack a real challenge facing a children's rights organization in India. So obviously it's incredibly timely. Um, They're going to have six weeks to work about. It's about two hours a day and they're going to be forced to innovate, think differently, be pushed out of their comfort zones, out of their silos, all the stuff we're talking about, be forced to kind of work with limited resources um, and you know, whilst all of that's happening, obviously grow into more empathetic, flexible, worldly leaders, but also making a huge difference to a group of people that really need their help. So I just, I'm keen to know, I, I, I obviously am incredibly passionate about it, but of course I am, I've been doing this for a really long time, but I'm just keen to know, you know, can you tell me what resonated with you and Charlie just about this opportunity and, you know, why is Leo Burnett getting involved? And I just would love to know what you hope to get out of it. Yeah, so Leo Burnett is an agency that is 
proudly populist. That's our, our proposition is about populist creativity. And it's about working with brands that appeal to the mainstream and make the good stuff in life accessible to everyone. So whether that's McDonald's giving everyone access to tasty, good value food and um, Premier Inn, um, you know, being uh, making sort of reliable, clean, good quality accommodation accessible to everyone. It's about making the good stuff in life accessible. And that's become our agency's purpose, as it were. And that really applies to our people as well. Um, we want to give all of our people access to um, experiences that will challenge them, that will stretch them and grow them. And obviously, the brilliant thing about Thai is we can do that for our people whilst at the same time, um, you know, making the good things in life accessible to people in other parts of the world through the organisations that they support. So it just felt like a really brilliant expression of our purpose that we'd mm -hmm. be able to um, give our people an experience of whilst they in turn can pass that experience on to to, to people in, in another part of the world. So just a really brilliant expression of, of everything yeah, that cool. we're about, really. Yeah, really cool. Well, I'm looking for, I mean, as I say, obviously, I, I got introduced to everybody yesterday. So we've got six amazing creative. There's so many creatives mm. and designer and strategist. Um, I'm super excited for things to kick off, which obviously will be on Monday. So we'll keep you in the in the loop, of course, as things evolve. Um, now, Carly, you're obviously busy. You've got a lot going on with your family and work and, you know, everything happening. Um, as we're wrapping up the podcast, we're, we're coming to the end. But I'm just wondering, you know, what are you working on at the moment? Or what can you tell our listeners, perhaps, that I haven't asked you? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, lots, lots of stuff going on. I think I've touched on things like um, diversity and mental health. And they're really important Um you know, pillars of our sort of plan for this year. But I think the thing that I'm most excited about is I'm making lots of apps and I'm making <laughs> lots of work at the moment and sort of getting back to the heart of what we do. You know, Leah Burnett won um, a lot of lovely new clients at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. And we're now just sort of getting past that pitch phase and and at the point where we're actually sort of making making work for them. So it's lovely to just um, be back at the heart of that creative process um, and, and partnering with clients to kind of support them on their on their path to growth. So that's that's the thing that I'm excited about at the moment and that I'm that I'm up to and focusing on, which is what it's all about, really. Yeah, for sure. Good. Well, that must be a wonderful feeling. Definitely different yeah. to this time last year. So oh, I'm sure. thrilled, <laughs> thrilled to hear that. Well, Carly, thank you so much for joining me. It's just been really amazing to connect. As I say, I'm really excited about what the next six weeks have in store for all of us. Um, I really appreciate everything. A shout out to Charlie as well. Thank you, Charlie. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you, Philippa. Take okay. care. Take care, Kylie. See you. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Philippa again. So this is your chance to get involved with Thai. We have three absolutely amazing virtual opportunities available, all rooted in connecting the private sector with the social sector to make change. Thai has never been more necessary than right now. 
So if you're looking for life-changing leadership development opportunities for your employees and you want your company to impact the world, we've got you covered. If you're looking to step out of your comfort zone and use your skills to make a difference and keen to meet other like-minded professionals with similar values, then our Thai Accelerator program is for you. There are so many options, so I urge you to get in touch. Go to theinternationalexchange.co.uk for more information or just shoot us an email. Better companies, better leaders, better world.